Well, hello and welcome along to Extra Time here on LCFC Radio and LCFC TV. After Leicester City kicked off uh, their campaign of defending their FA Cup trophy in style after beating Watford at King Power Stadium, uh, Tony Cotty and Jerry Taggart were working for us on Match Day Live on LCFC TV. Ewan Roberts was watching some FA Cup football in Wales somewhere. We'll come on to that in a minute, Ewan. But uh, yeah, good. Good morning, good afternoon to the, the three of you. I hope you're all doing all right. Tony, I'll, I'll start with you. Obviously, as I said, you were working with us and, and a good start for the Foxes, wasn't it, in the FA Cup this year? Yeah, it was, Dan. I mean, it, it's, we, we spoke about it on Saturday. I think it's always difficult trying to defend the FA Cup. Um, it's a really, really hard competition to actually win two years running. Um, we, we went into that game against Watford not really knowing how Watford would perform because they're very much a, an inconsistent team. You know, there was comments from Ranieri before the game, you know, about not taking the game too serious, more important things like the Premier League, obviously, from Watford. So we, we understood that. Um, but to be fair to Watford, then, I think they came to the KB, they, they, they gave it a good go. And, and, you know, I said it on Saturday and I'll say it again, I thought it was a really, really good football match. You know, obviously a fantastic win for Leicester really important to get through to the next round but as a football match it was it was really enjoyable lots of chances and obviously lots of goals uh you and it's the, the 10th of january now isn't it so probably too late to say happy new year but we've not spoken to you yet so uh, <laughs> i hope you had uh, a good time over the uh, the christmas and festive period uh, and obviously a busy weekend as well yeah mate two games um south uh, swansea southampton on saturday night and then cardiff Preston yesterday, uh, both both went to extra time, Dan. So could uh, could have done without that. Uh, but you know, one Welsh team went out, one Welsh team went through in Cardiff and got a really really exciting draw away to Liverpool in in the next round. It was almost that unmemorable the game you and that you forgot who they were playing. For <laughs> it was honestly. It, I was I was talking to TC before we we came on here, and the second half it was such a hard game to work on. I mean, two very, very average teams. And, and in the end, you're just waffling along and you're just talking for the sake of talking. Uh, speaking of talking for the sake of talking, Jerry Taggart. <laughs> 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 oh, that was, that was set up perfectly for me. Uh, how are you, how are you I just heard that. <laughs> yeah, there was a few technical issues this morning, but we're here and, and we're ready, Jerry. Yeah. Yeah, probably deserve that. So thanks, you and Dan for that. Lovely little <laughs> segueing into that. Yeah. Um, uh, how are you anyway, Joe? It's a good, a good result, as, as Tony was saying um, on on Saturday. Yeah, it was a great result. You know, obviously uh, with with what's happening uh, at Leicester at the minute, regarding the players that are unavailable for the side, Brendan Rodgers again having them, uh, you know, try and magic up the makeshift back line. On Saturday, with Hamza Chowdhury going in alongside Vestergaard at centre half, and, and how well did he do, Hamza Chowdhury? You know, uh, Lewis Brunk coming in, I thought he had a great game. Uh, looked very composed, very assured of himself, and he's done himself no harm whatsoever. So all in all, even the subs that came on towards the end, you know, played a part. But yeah, but, and you know, uh, young Adamola Luckman as well playing up front. I thought was excellent. You know, I think he had two or three assists on the day as well. Uh, probably should have got Mal the match. You know, Mark gave it to uh, James Madison. But for me, I think, look, man, that was probably one of his most productive games in a Leicester City shirt. 
what, what did you make of the, the starting 11, Jerry, for Leicester? Brendan Rodgers didn't have many choices, did he? He didn't have many options. It's, it's almost what he could have done apart from literally playing the kids. Yeah. Uh, yes, there was that. But I think, you know, there was experience and there was quality still in the team, you know, and, and drizzled with a bit of an experience in there, you have to say. But I think when you looked at Watford's team, especially Watford's 11, then I was pretty confident that Leicester had enough quality in the forward lines. Obviously, there was issues in regards to, you know, the back line in particular. No problems with Danny Ward in that. He, he's come in many a time in the past and, and done well, held his own. But from, I suppose the, the, the sticking point was at the back. But, you know, they got the grips of it. Yes, they conceded a goal. But they, they soon got the grips of it. And they worked well together. So, you know, you can't really have too many issues with that. You know, uh, obviously, going forward, Leicester did, you know, still have that potency in the forward line. They have players that were in form, i.e. James Madison, Lookman, uh, who came into this game in form anyway. And then Harvey Barnes coming back in the side was a great fellow as well. Telemans at the centre of that midfield. You know, uh, so yeah, I had no real qualms. Yes, there, there was a lot of players missing and a lot of options for, that Brendan Rodgers couldn't pick from. But as I said, you looked at both 11s and if, you know, you feel, if you were a betting man, you could see that Leicester City still had by far the more quality than Watford. When we looked at the, at the Leicester team at the beginning of the, the day, Tony, when we got the team news through, we assumed that, that Hamza Chaudhry would be in the midfield and that debutant Lewis Brunt would fill in, in central defence. Now, yes, he is a midfielder by trade, but a lot of this season he's been playing at, at centre-back as part of a back three with the development squad. So we thought he would be in there alongside Vestergaard. He wasn't. He was in midfield uh, and he was excellent, wasn't he? Well, it proved a bit of a master trade from Brendan, didn't it? As you quite rightly say, Dan, we, we expected him to, to line up as a centre-half. Um, perhaps Brendan maybe looked at it because you had um, young Daly Campbell at left back. <laughs> maybe he looked at it for where if you've got two inexperienced players there, it can cause problems in terms of defending as a unit. Um, Chowdhury is by far the much more experienced player out of him and, and Lewis Brunt. But um, I, I've got to say, both players were excellent. You know, I think Chowdhury at centre half, I said it on Saturday, and I'll say it again. I think that potentially could be a position he ends up in. He's. You know, what I like about him, he's big, he's strong, he's quick, you know. So, I mean, sometimes he he, switch, he seems to switch off a couple of times, but and he, but he makes up for it because he's got the pace and, he, you know, he's got that strength as well. A couple of times he got out of trouble with it. But, you know, if you play in that position, no, listen to me talking about defending here, but if you play in that position, then obviously you then get used to it, more experienced than that as you get older. So I think that might be something, that would certainly be something that Brendan would take as a huge plus. And in terms of Lewis Brunt, I mean, you know, for me, he, would, he, for me, he was the man of match. He, there was a lot of players that could have been the man of match, but to come into the team, to do what he did, he sort of switched to the left side in the, in the, in the second half as well. Just a very, very composed performance. Good on the ball, good defensively. Wasn't scared, afraid to get on the ball, make things happen. And uh, you know, Brendan after the game, you know, I'm sure they look back and watch the game again and that, and he'll look back and Brendan will be so pleased with how the young kid done. It was an outstanding performance. Obviously, you and every single player that's ever played the game has, has got to to make the debut at some point and be a young kid that, that, that is thrown in. What what is that like? So what what will Lewis Brunt have been feeling on on Saturday morning? 
those bit of flies would have been in, in the stomach, that's for sure. Um, I remember when Graham Taylor said to me many, many years ago that uh, I think he told me on the Friday that I was going to be starting against Ipswich um, on, on the Saturday playing against Terry Butcher. And you, you don't sleep a wink that night, Dan. You know, everything's going through your head. Um, you're thinking about how you're going to play, what you're going to do, how you're going to affect the game. So it was a big moment for him. But as the lads have, have, have said there, he took it in his stride. And when you look at that starting starting eleven, seven of those players are 25 or or younger. You know the future's bright for for, for the football club. It, it, you look, I saw the team. Obviously, I'm not seeing the game because I was working. I've seen highlights, and I saw I saw the side. And you looked at the back four, and it's a back four that have never played together before. And I, you know you've got to give them credit for for the way they performed. Um, yeah, then then a couple of of, of Sticky moments, which they which they got through. You know, I think Hamza Chowdhury uh, is probably the, the best game that I've seen him play was against Liverpool on the twenty eighth. I, I, I thought he was absolutely magnificent in that midfield. But it, you know, it, it just goes that he can be, he can adapt, he can, he, he can, he can drop into that central defensive role, and and, and he was outstanding. But you just got the feeling with, okay, it might have been a bit of a back four thrown together for obvious reasons but then you look at the quality that Leicester had going forward and, and you just thought that, that would be too much for Watford you know they scored four against them uh, a few weeks ago at the King Power in the league we did the same again on, on Saturday some, some quality goals as well Dan. some good understanding football going forward um, and it's, it's you know what it's, it's putting everything into consideration Covid injuries a, a team that's been thrown together the inexperience that's in that team and on the bench, you know, to, to go out, score four goals against the Premier League side, and okay, it wasn't Watford's strongest side, but they still were a, it still was a decent Watford side. I thought it was a really good start to uh, to Leicester's FA Cup defence. With hindsight, Jerry, it was it was a really good draw, wasn't it, for Leicester to get Watford at home? Obviously, you want a lower league team at home for the the, the pure ease of the game, if you like, but. I guess if you if you have the lower league team, they come to a Premier League side, they really want to prove themselves. Watford is struggling in the Premier League at the moment. They were always going to make changes. Do you see where I'm coming from with this? Yeah, ask Newcastle about that, uh, playing the lower league side and getting dumped out. And that's that's always the uh, the caveat to playing a lower league side, Dan, is you, you are in danger of taking them lightly. And then a major cup upset is on the cards if you do that. And and by having a, a fellow Premier League team come in the time, it sort of stops you from doing that. Uh, Ewan's right, you know, no matter what team Watford put out, they're a Premier League outfit. They still had some decent players on the pitch. Uh, <clears throat> but what it does, it, it, it invariably stops you taking the game that little bit more lightly than you would do if you were playing uh, a lower league team. And believe you me, I've been on the end of it, as everyone rightly knows in this competition uh, against Wickham Wonders. So I know exactly how that feels. So yeah, it was probably probably a good draw for Leicester playing against a struggling Watford team. Uh, you know, his manager came out openly and spoke about the FA Cup not being a priority for Watford this season. Uh, but because of you know, the players that were unavailable for them, uh, for whatever reason, you know, the, the, the African Cup of Nations uh, and so on. So, 
you could say that the advantage was with Leicester before the game start anyway. But you still have to go out and you still have to play the game. And both sides, to be fair to both sides, Watford still tried to play football. That they, they didn't come here to sit back. They 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 came to King Power and tried, you know, the the cause problems for Leicester, which you know that they, they did do. They, I think it was just their issues mainly were when they got into the final third, their quality wasn't good enough. And with Leicester, which is for me, when you speak about the quality Leicester had in the forward areas, that was a talent factor at the end of the day, was the quality in the final third. And, you know, it ended up being, you know, a nice, easy afternoon at King Power Stadium and, you know, floating through to the next round where, you know, probably the dream ticket for a lot of Leicester City fans. Yeah, we'll, we'll come on to that FA Cup draw with Nottingham Forest a, a little bit later on. But just going quickly back to that the, the, the draw again, Tony, I guess whatever team that Leicester play this season, they've got the tag of, of holders, haven't they? And, and, and every team then will want to beat Leicester as a result of that. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's going to be no different in the next round. We know it's, a, it's going to be a tough game. You only got to see what happened yesterday. So when you're the holders, you, you're there to be shot at. And as, as I said, it's, it's that, that type of competition that you very, very difficult to defend a trophy. There's so many good teams. Um, I think in the earlier rounds, most Premier League teams made like what Leicester did. I think it was a nine changes, wasn't it? And Watford was seven changes. So there's normally lots of changes in the third and fourth round. But once you get past that, you get to the fifth round, sixth round, the, the Premier League sides play their best players because they want to get to the final. They want to win a trophy. And that's why it makes it such a difficult competition to win. I think I think the days where you sort of had a, some obscure team winning the FA Cup, I don't think they're there anymore. I think it, it's become even harder to win the FA Cup because the top teams do seem to take it more serious. So uh, from Leicester's point of view, I'm just saying it's going to be really, really hard to defend the trophy. You can only deal with what is put in front of you. You can only deal with the draw you get. You do need that bit of luck. We spoke about it on Saturday. You need luck to win the FA Cup. Somewhere along the line, you need a little bit of luck. But all you can hope for is a pleasant draw, win your game, and you, you can only deal with what's put in front of you. But, you know, it could have been a real banana skin, the game against Watford. It really could have. I, you know, I would touch on it, whether they take it serious or whatever. But... You know, there was the potential for the banana skin, but Leicester dealt with it and dealt with it fantastically well. It was their, their senior players, Tony, wasn't it? They, they stepped up particularly in that first half to, to get the goals, wasn't it? Yuri Tielemans from the spot, of course, and then uh, James Madison. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mean, you know, you can, we, I think we sort of debated about whether it was a penalty or not. Um, yeah, it was a stupid challenge, really, wasn't it, by the yeah. way? Yeah. I mean, Sierra, Sierra Alta, I think his name is. and. Yeah. You know, there's, there was VAR in operation. It's not as if you're playing at a lower league club and you know there's no VAR. You can get away with a few pushes and shoves and that. You know, once, once VAR is in play, if you do that to, to uh, any sort of forward trying to get near the ball, you know, it's, it's going to be a penalty. Investigar went down. Mike Dean, I think, was the ref, wasn't he? And he had, a, he had the, the view from behind. It looked a penalty. And, uh, you know, when they looked at it, they, they stuck with Mike Dean. Um, and and Thielen's penalty was, was fantastic. You know, it's... It was real quality, you know, that just confidence that you get through probably being Leicester's, consistently Leicester's best player so far this season. You know, when he stepped up, there was probably never any doubt that the ball was going to end up in the back of the net. And, and the second goal was a really good goal as well. You know, good play from Lookman, just chipped the ball in behind, sort of played the ball in behind. 
And, and again, another player who's playing with real confidence at the moment, James Madison, it was a superb finish. So, you know, there was a lot to admire about Leicester's first half performance. And to get two goals up obviously gives you a great chance of winning the game. Yeah, it was a classic Leicester goal this season, actually, that second one, Tony. Well, uh, Ewan, rather, that good football, played in behind, and, and James Madison, the, the man in form, as Tony says there, uh, getting the goal. I mean, I think that's what James has introduced to his game, Dan. You know, we all know what he's capable of. We know his ability that he's got in, in his feet, um, set pieces. He, he, he can pick a pass. But I think if there's one thing that he wanted him to add to his game was those forward runs. Probably hadn't done it in his early part of his Leicester career. Didn't do it too many times when I saw him here um, in, in Norwich. But this season, he's done it time and time again. You know, he's running beyond defenders. He's not being tracked back. Defenders aren't picking him up. And he's getting the goals. And once again, once he's through, you just know he's going to score. I mean, it's a good ball in from Mark Albrighton, who once again, he's been asked to do a job. He's come in. He's, he's gone with it. And he, he, was, he, he was outstanding on the day. Lookman, you know, two lovely little touches when the ball's been fed up to him. Wait to pass him to Madison, who turned his run to perfection. And it's a good finish. But I think we've seen that type of goal four or five times this season already from, from James Madison. What's that now? Seven goals, I think, in his last 10 appearances in all competitions. He's absolutely flying. I think it's more goal involvements than any other Englishman in, in the league. And, and this is in all competitions, uh, Ewan, for James Madison. He's having a, a fantastic season. Yeah, and his awareness, I think, was it the fourth goal? His, his involvement in the fourth goal where he could have shot himself. You know, once again, he's got in the box. He knows that Luckman's behind him. He's got his fate to shoot, let it through his legs. It's just good awareness. It's, it looks simple, but he must have taken a picture of what was around him. He must have known that Luckman was there. OK, the keeper makes a good save. It falls to Albrighton, who finishes superbly. But yeah, he's, he's probably played at the minute in the last two months as good as what he has done in a, in a Leicester shirt. Which is vital, I guess, Jerry, for Leicester to have someone like James Madison firing on all cylinders in the <laughs> way that he is. Oh, it's incredibly vital, Dan. You know, if Leicester are going to do well, then they need players like James Madison at the top of their game. You know, again, you look at that, the spine of the team and you've got Yuri Tillman sitting in the centre midfield, coming on to things. You've got Madison running in behind the centre forwards, creating and scoring. And, and obviously you've got the forwards as well in Vardy and Acho, Daka. And so the spine of that team is vitally important if Leicester City are going to do well. And then obviously the, you've got the players in and around that, like Harvey Barnes, obviously getting on the score sheet as well. So, but vitally important because that's all the creativity comes from that middle of the park, i.e. Tillemans, i.e. James Madison. So if Leicester are going to do well, Madison in particular has to be playing well. And by God, is he playing well. He, he's been nominated, Tony, for the, the Premier League player <coughs> for December. If he continues the way that he's going, I know the World Cup isn't necessarily in the summer, is it? It's, it's next winter, so he has to do it for this season and then the start of the next one. But he has to be in that squad if, if he continues the way that he's going at the moment. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, James has got real qualities. Um, I, I think we're very blessed in England at the moment that we've got a real array of midfielders um, I'm sort of trying to think, is there anyone like James Madison? And, 
the answer is it's probably not. There's there's many, many good midfield players that, that we can spend time talking about and nominating and that. But I think James has got something a little bit different. You know, I, I love the way he plays. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm really pleased for him as well because he's had a difficult period. He had that injury, didn't he? And then he came back and then it wasn't quite working. And then he couldn't get in the team. And there's been a lot going on in his life over the last sort of, what, 18 months, really. But one thing never changes in football. The only place you can do your talking is on the field of play. And I love listening to him when he does his interviews off the field. He's great entertainment. He's a good talker. But it's irrelevant if you're not performing and not playing uh, at your best for Leicester. And he's had to work hard. And, you know, I admire players when they go through difficult spells and Sometimes the crowd can just they just moan a little bit when they give the ball away. And the thing for James is there's no hiding place because he's not the type of defensive midfield player where he gets on the ball, passes it 10 yards, and, oh, he's playing brilliant at the moment. He's not that type of player. He gets on the ball. He tries to make a 40-yard pass and play the ball in behind. He's trying to score goals. He's putting three kicks and corners in. And if he doesn't quite get it right, which can happen for an attacking midfield player, then it, that stands out more than what would happen for a defensive midfielder player. So, you know, he deserves great credit. He's, he's got back into form. He's playing with confidence. He's scoring goals. He's creating goals. And yes, if there was an England squad announced today, I know there's not one uh, an England, England game until March, I think it is. If it was announced today, I think James Madison definitely would be in there. Do you agree, Jerry? Uh, probably asking the wrong person. Well, yeah, I, 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 listen, I think, I think if you're going on current form, and obviously yeah. the key to getting into an England squad, to making it on the plane to a World Cup, you know, that is a, that's a massive, massive decision that the England manager has to take. And the only way you can keep banging on the door is being consistent. And at the moment, James Madison, over the last two or three months, has been as consistent and as good as as you could wish him to be let's put it that way what James has to do is follow the that this form on and keep it keep it up keep it to the, the levels that he's playing at now and if he does that then Gareth Southgate has no option but to seriously think about him it's as simple as that whether or not he gets in the next squad in March you have to wait and see but all he can do is keep banging on the door and the way he does that is play consistently well for Leicester. And I can't see any reason why he can't do that. Because you're seeing it now, game in, game out. The, consistent, uh, the consistency levels that he's playing at, the creativity, the assists, the goals, they're all coming. The more, and the longer he plays at that level, the more confident he'll become. Uh, and that will only be a good thing for both Leicester and, unfortunately, England as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go, go on, Ewan. And all I was going to say, you know, the past eighteen months, two years, um, when you're talking about James getting into the England squad, it's always been, oh, you can't take him and Jack Grealish. And it's, it's as if it's been a, a competition between the two and a battle between the two. Which one is going to be taken? Which one is going to be chosen? I think that you know that was the thing before the Euros until, until James picked up that. Um, nasty hip injury that, that that he suffered. Now there's only one name you would take. Absolutely, if you're if you're picking on, on current form, you take James Madison all day long. Yeah, I agree. Uh, speaking of confidence, Tony uh, Harvey Barnes. Every single time he he scores a goal, you see him grow in confidence, don't you? 
It's a shame that the, the assistant flagged straight away. He wasn't able to celebrate immediately, but he timed his run brilliantly and the finish as well is, is exquisite. It was. And, you know, when you start playing football, Dan, at an early age, you're taught, there's one thing you're taught very early, play to the whistle. So, in other words, you don't, if, if, if you see a flag go up or you get distracted and you don't, you know, you mess up your finish, you just go through you do exactly what Harvey did and he done it very, very well. Put the ball in the back of the net and then argue about it after. And that's the way to do it. And it's, you know, it's, it's important that players do that. You know, we're trying to encourage more goals. We want to see more goals. And yeah, of course he looked offside. But, you know, we've all been in situations, you know, the three of us today where you've been in, you feel like you're in an offside position, but you're not. And if you time your run perfectly, sometimes... By the time people look at where you are once you've made your run, you can look two yards offside. But, you know, once that replay went up, as soon as that first freeze frame come up, I know Matt was doing the commentary and he didn't get the opportunity to see it. And Matt was quite right in saying he looks offside. But when you see that first frozen video clip, and there was no doubt it was onside. It was a fantastically well-timed run. Good ball, I think it was from Lookman, wasn't it, down the, down the line. And a great finish from Harvey. You know, he's another one who needs confidence. He needs to be scoring goals. And, you know, the, the, the players that are playing, I know there's so many players out for Leicester, but the ones that are playing seem to be playing with great confidence. And, and Leicester needed that goal because, you know, they, they, they went two goals up. They conceded pretty much straight away from Pedro. It was a poor goal to concede. And uh, probably haven't touched on the turning point of the game, Dan. I think which probably... Daly Campbell not being sent off because if you're too, you know, the score was 2-1 and Mike Dean's a referee. Now, Mike Dean, he ain't shy in showing red cards, is he? We know that over the years. He's very quick to get the red card out. And, <laughs> you know, he, I, I think looking back at it, Daly Campbell was fortunate. I know he slipped, but it was a foul that probably in normal circumstances was worthy of a yellow card. And that would have been his second yellow. He's only a young kid. He gets sent off, less than that, 10 men you're looking at a completely different game. So that, that, that little bit of luck, I spoke about it, perhaps that was a little bit of luck that Leicester needed. And then, of course, when Harvey gets the third goal, that was always going to be game over. We looked at each other, Jerry, didn't we, when we saw the first replay from the, the challenge from David Campbell. And, and, there, and there was a bit of a sense that, that Leicester had, had got away with one slightly there. Well, yeah, that's... A nice way of putting it. I, I thought it was a second yellow card. I know it's unfortunate he slipped, but if you look at the momentum that Watford had, and again, you've got to look at it from, you've got to analyse it as a neutral to, to get the way you're getting to. So Watford had the momentum in the game on that move. I think it is it Cucho or Pedro, whoever goes past uh, Daly Campbell, he's in through onto the edge of the 18 yard box with players in support and that was obviously stopped by daily daily campbell uh you know t slipping and taking him down and it was an unfor it was unfortunate there's no doubt about that he didn't mean to do it but it's happened so would that have, if he hadn't been already carded would he have got a yellow card probably but the one thing i'm more surprised about is actually mike dean showing a little bit of nice showing a little bit of you know, reading the situation, Tony's already mentioned that he's a young lad. He slipped. He obviously didn't mean to do it. Should he have given me a yellow card? Probably. But Meg then actually showed, as, as Tony said, he's, he's not shy getting the cards out of his pocket on any given occasion. But for once, probably the first time I've seen it, Meg Dean's probably took a deep breath, 
stepped back a yard or two and thought, you know what, I'm going to let this one go. But letter of the law, you have to say, yeah, it's a second yellow. And and then we saw Daley Campbell come off at half time. You and I know you weren't watching the game, but Brunt went from central midfield into left back. He looked just as assured at left back as he did in midfield. And that's what you need need in your squad, Dan. You you need players who are, as I said, with Hans and Chowdhury going into 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 that central defensive position. You need players that are, are comfortable in doing that, are willing to do that. You know, and and Lewis Burt would not have had a problem in going to to that left back position. You know, he's a big boy. What is he? Six foot two, six foot three, I think. So he's probably better in in, in the heart of defence. But he was asked to do a job from from his manager, and he was more than happy to to do that. And you know, it was the right decision from Brendan. You know, Derry Campbell. He was on a tightrope. He did get away with one as the lads have just mentioned there. Probably wouldn't have got away with another one had a similar incident happened in the second half. So it was the right thing to do. Uh, let's talk about the forward line, Ewan, of, of Leicester. There's some places they think there was, was Luckman the main striker, was Barnes the main striker, was it Perez? The, the three of them interchanged quite often, didn't they? And, and had James Madison in behind them, which was key. I like that. I, I do like that when they, as you say, they interchanged. You know, Barnes just doesn't stay on that, on that right, on that left hand side. Perez on, on, on the right, Luckman as the main centre forward, they, they interchange and that causes problems, you know, that caused problems for what was back four, they weren't too sure who was picking up, they, they weren't going, going with the runners, they weren't communicating in, you know, and no wonder that, that Leicester scored four goals on, 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 on the day. Um, could have had a couple more with the opportunities that they had, but you know, I was looking back at the start of last season's FA Cup run and it was started off with a a four-goal tally away to Stoke. You know, hopefully there's a bit of deja vu there, Dan. Hopefully so. Uh, were you impressed with the, the front line? I think Mark O'Brien as well, Ewan, was on the score sheet that day as well, just as he was on Saturday, so even more. Um, Tony, the, the front line, as we've said, interchanged quite well. It, it, it seemed to work, and without a recognised striker, which we don't know how long that might be for Leicester. We know Jamie Vardy's out to, what, March, April time. Dak is still on the sidelines. Ian Acho over in the African Cup of Nations. So it's important that things worked at the weekend for, the, for those players. Yeah, and I think, again, Brenda will be pleased with how it worked. Um, centre forward is a specialised position, Dan. There's no two ways about that. It's a very, it's really, it's the hardest position to play on the field of play because most of the time you've got your back to goal. You know, if you're playing in defence, pretty much everything's in front of you. If you're in midfield, you sometimes you're back to goal. Most of the time you're looking forward, whatever. As a centre forward, it is a specialised position and you need to be a specialised player. Now, Leicester do not have that specialised player at the moment. So if you don't have that specialised player, I think it's right what they did, which is to say to someone, you go up there 10, 15 minutes, you know, see how it goes. If it's going well, then you don't need to change it. But by moving the players around, it also gives the defenders something else, something different to think about as well because they're coming up against different players and there was three players there that rotated round gave the problems. You've then got Madison sort of playing in the hole just behind whoever is playing in that centre-forward position. So I think it's something Leicester are going to have, certainly have to look at. I know the game's obviously been postponed, hasn't it, against Everton. But it, going forward, you know, we don't know how long this situation is going to last. I'm guessing it's going to be probably a, a, you know, at least for a couple of weeks. I know we've got the, the, the winter break coming up as well. So that might work in Leicester's favour. But in the meantime, Brendan, again, would have been really, really pleased. Looking at the positives... 
I don't think there was too many negatives. I, I think, you, you know, sometimes you can watch a video back of a game and there's loads of negatives. But in terms of negatives, I don't think Brendan would have, he would have watched the game and thought it, the, the game plan went as I wanted. You had the rotations with the forwards. You had the young kids performing. You get the result. You score four goals. I think he would have been absolutely delighted with all, everything I've just mentioned there. Uh, judging from the reaction on, on social media, Jerry, I know we saw a lot of tweets, didn't we, at mm -hmm. full time. There was an immense amount of pride from the, the Leicester fans at what the team mm -hmm. produced on Saturday. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, we're just, you know, picking through the game, the positions, the players that played, the positions that some of the players played in because they weren't their natural positions. Tony's already spoken about you know, playing in the centre-forward position. I totally agree with Tony, by the way, that being a centre-forward obviously is the most joyous position in, on the planet because, you you know, by right, you, you score the, the majority of the goals, but it can also be the toughest. It really can. Uh, and for them three lads in the interchange on Saturday, the young lads that come in, and I, I'd love to be... Imagine what it would have been like inside Brendan Rodgers' head when he was actually sitting down and formulating that team. I'm thinking, right, this is a team that can go out and win, but is he really 100% sure that that's a team that can go out and win a game because he hasn't got a recognised centre-forward? He's got you know, an inexperienced uh, player playing in the heart of midfield, an inexperienced player playing at left-back, an experienced or a semi-experienced midfielder playing at centre half against another centre half who's probably lost a little bit of form. You know, there's all these variables that are going through Brendan Rodgers' mind. And then the stick for the lads to go out and perform as he did. And and you know, forget about Watford for a minute because they're still a Premier League outfit, and it's still FA, an FA Cup draw. So it's an important game. It's a big game, and for them lads to go out there and perform the way they did, you know, absolutely incredible. And Brendan Rodgers has to take a lot of credit for that, the way he formulated, the way, you know, we already sort of, he stuck that team together. You know, like that wasn't yeah. a settled side by any stretch of the imagination. And so, but somehow he's managed to, the, the coaches where they get those players that went and perform how they did, incredible. Uh, obviously, we, we know, as, as Tony's referenced, the game with Everton on Tuesday is off. Um, that has been postponed due to a, a number of reasons. COVID, obviously, uh, players on international duty and, and this horrendous injury list that, that Leicester have currently got at the moment. That means the next game is Burnley uh, at the weekend. You and uh, there's talk that Patson Dacker may be back for that one. Um, I know that there was talk that, that Burnley was the game. He was penciled to be back in. Hopefully, that is the case. Um, but Leicester, there's no surprise that game with Everton is off, is there? Judging from the players that Leicester have off, oh, absolutely not. And you know, it's happening for every club. You know, every club are in, in the same situation. You know, COVID cases, um, not enough players to. And I'm not too sure what is it seven or eight players with COVID, and then you can you're able to call the game off. I'm I'm, I'm not too sure. Uh, but when you when you look at the players that are away on international duty, I know that happens on a on a regular basis. Then you've got that horrendous injury list that keeps mounting for, for Brendan, plus the COVID cases that are now at the club. I mean, Brendan has done ever so well to to to, to sort of throw that team together 
on on Saturday. Uh, and, and all credit for, for him for, for throwing such a, a competitive, good outfit to, to go on and, and, and win that game. But yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised that the game against Everton has, has been called off. You know, Leicester had a couple of games called off sort of towards the end of mid-December due to other teams having COVID issues. So it's it swings around about, Stan. And, and this time, you know, it's, it's Leicester that have had to call the game, game off. It was, it's as simple as that. Um, the holders, of course, in the hat then for the next round of the FA Cup. I think if you asked any Leicester fan, you and um, what they wanted from the draw, I think not many wouldn't have said Nottingham Forest away, put it that way. I think when you, if you've got a choice of Forest or Arsenal because of everything that the history between Leicester and, and, and Forest, uh, local derby, not too much love lost between the, the, the two. And it promises to be a fantastic game. I mean, it's not until the first weekend of, of next month, hopefully, Leicester will be in a better position player-wise. They'll have a few more back from injury. You know, hopefully in, in the next two, three weeks, the COVID cases will drop down. And not just at Leicester, but, but everywhere. Uh, but yeah, it promises to be such a, such a, such a good game. Away, away at home in the city ground, and you know I've got nothing but admiration for Steve Cooper. I've, I've seen a lot of his team, uh, of his Swansea team. Um, good organizer, hard to beat, def- defensively solid. Uh, kept the clean sheet against Arsenal yesterday. I think when he when he took over at Nottingham, I mean he got eighty points at, at Swansea last season. Missed out in 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 the playoffs, lost in the final against Brentford, and, and they were the, the Brentford were the better side. For some reason, he didn't really get much love from the Swansea fans because he didn't play the Swansea way, whatever the Swansea way is. Uh, but he's gone to Forest, and I tell you what, when you think right after, I think after eight games, he had one point, and this, you know Chris Hughton lost his job, and Chris is a good man, and I was sad to see that happen. Steve's taken over; they're now seventh, I think, in the Championship. They're six points from the playoffs. They're through to at the fourth round of the FA Cup with a plum tie against the holders. He's done a magnificent job. And I tell you what, it won't be easy for Leicester when they go to the city ground. There'll be a magnificent atmosphere there. It'll be a proper, proper cup tie, Tony, that, won't it? Yeah, looking forward to that one, Dan. And will not be an easy game in any shape or form. Agree with everything you and said about Steve Cooper. Done a fantastic job at Forest. You know, but from a Leicester point of view, what a game to look forward to. And you, you just hope that the club can get some of the players back from injury, get some of the players back from COVID and just get a little bit more experience into that team. Because going to that atmosphere at Forest, you know, the the fans are very noisy, great atmosphere. They're a decent team. They're full of confidence. They've just beaten Arsenal. That tells you how difficult a game is going to be. When you go into those sort of games, as good as the kids have been, you need your experienced players. So hopefully some of those experienced players can get back into the Leicester team. If they do you still got fancy Leicester to go there and get a result. It was interesting, Jerry, seeing the, the reaction on social media from Leicester fans when they saw what the draw was. It was literally just before Boris played Arsenal as well. Suddenly they thought, OK, we're going to watch this game. And, and they were sort of saying, it's the first time they've ever cheered Nottingham Forest on. I think it was because they, they, they really want that tie and, and they've got it. Yeah, it's... it's uh, I'm not... I'm not well, I was going to say it's a dream tie. I suppose it is, you know, because that just is going to stir the melting pot even more now, you know. Uh, obviously, local rivals, you know, there's a, there's been history in the past between both the clubs on and off the pitch. So, 
you know, for Leicester fans, that is probably the best tie possible, a apart from it being at King Power Stadium. But, you know, the lads are right. By the time this game comes around, you're hoping that Leicester have the majority of their experienced players left. And Brendan will have to play as strong a team as possible. The lads have already explained why. Uh, you are going into a real melting pot of an atmosphere uh, at Nottingham Forest. Great atmosphere, great grind, <clears throat> and you know it's going to be a, a you know it's going to be a, a clash of the gladiators, so to speak. It's going to be one of those games where you're going to see a few. If Mike Dean's a referee in that game, there's going to be a few parts. <laughs> that is for sure. Make no doubt about it. Not for the fans or the this one that. Uh, usually at this stage of extra time, we look back at a, a Premier League game that's caught the eye. Obviously, it was FA Cup. Jerry, you referenced one uh, a little bit earlier, didn't you? Is is that what you're going for? Is that what caught your eye? Yeah, I think so. You know, there was, there's been a few, hasn't there? But, you know, all the news surrounding Newcastle, the takeover, Kieran Trippier made his debut as well. Uh, and, you know, I think Cambridge League one team going up there, doing the business, you know, fair play to them. Uh, massive, massive result for them. Uh, Ewan, has, has Jerry stolen what you were going to say? Um, I, I would have mentioned that game, absolutely. Uh, but I'm going to go for the lowest ranked team in the competition in Kidderminster, beating, I think it was Reading at right. home. And I, th I think they got the plum tie of West Ham at home, TC, is that right? Yes, that's right. You and you, you, you've taken my glory, stolen yeah. my glory, mate. <laughs> um, is that that's what you were going to say as well, then, Tony? Yeah, of course I, I was, Dan. Yeah, I mean, perhaps give Boreham Wood a mention as well because they yeah. got through to the fourth round, didn't they? But you know, as as a non-league team, if you can draw any Premier League team, um, you know, I mean, I think the ground itself only holds about six and a half thousand, so. You know, there'll be many West Ham fans not being able to go to the game, obviously. And uh, with it being the fourth round, I think it's all, it's going to be a one-off as well, isn't it? There's no replay. So um, it's, I'm sure it will be the TV game. You know, it, it appeals, isn't it, non-league against Premier League. And and uh, one thing's for sure, after what Kidderminster did against Reading, if West Ham aren't fully prepared, if they've not got the right attitude, if it's a bit cold and snowing or something and they don't fancy it, Kidderminster will knock West Ham out, that's for sure. That's how the FA Cup works. So it's a, it's a great tie, but there were some wonderful performances. And also perhaps mentioned like Morecambe, who went up a, a goal up, didn't they, against Spurs. And, you know, there was other teams that gave a really good account of themselves. And I think it's important. We always talk about the so-called magic of the FA Cup. I think that's what we mean. The fact that a non-league team can get through, a lower league team can score at the, the new Tottenham Stadium. That's what we love about the FA Cup. Uh, finally, I'm surprised Jerry didn't mention your, your old club Barnsley beating Barrow 5-4. The most thrilling game of the week. <clears throat> One of the Barrow goals, a free kick, by the way, is is fantastic. If you've not had a chance to see it, he's about 30 yards out and he's blasted it in the top corner. There's a fantastic video from the home end at Barnsley. They're, they're, they're recording it thinking, oh, does he think he's Ronaldo stepping up to, to <laughs> slap it? And then he goes to the top corner and they're like, oh, oh okay, fair enough. So, uh, I'll have to watch that. <laughs> Um, right, it is time for our uh, uh, football Jenga then, our extra time teasers at the end of the show. Uh, Ewan, I'm sure, has probably already thought about what topic it's going to be. You're like looking ahead, don't you? You've been on a good run of form at the end of 2020. Three on the spin, Dan. Three on the spin. Yeah, exactly. Let's see who wins the first one, though, uh, of the new year. Right. Um, 
with it being at the FA Cup weekend, we thought, let's go back to one of Leicester City's best ever days in their history. Of course, that was back in May. Now, Tony, you're on my left-hand side, so you can go first. Uh, I want you three to name me, please, um, any of the players that featured in that FA Cup final. It can also be unused substitutes as well. So anyone in either of the two squads that were named uh, at Wembley that day. So Chelsea against Leicester back in May. Uh, obviously that famous victory for Leicester. Right, Tony, kick us off, please. Casper Schmeichel. Ewan. Johnny Evans. Uh, ben Chilwell. Jamie Vardy. The goal scorer, Yuri Tillemans. Uh, Marcus Alonso. Mason Mount. Mendy. Havertz. Um, my brain's gone dead as usual. Huh. <laughs> Um, Alonso. Jerry said it already. I was like, said I spent my semi brain's gone dead. Yeah, that's the problem. Oh, boys, uh, Monday mornings, isn't it? Tony? Yeah, it is absolutely. <laughs> right, Ewan versus Jerry. Uh, Science, you must have played. Yes. Thiago Silva. Oh, uh, what about Rudiger? Castagna. What about um, Aspilicueta? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Luke Thomas. Correct. Good shot, eh? Got me assist. Giorgino. Yeah. Uh, Perez. Um. Come on, Ian. Oh, all right, all right. Tino Werner. Timo Werner did not feature. He was not on did the bench either. Thanks. Oh. Madison. Boom! Boom! <laughs> yeah, that means you've won. Uh, do you have to? Do you have to say one to win it? Inacho. Yeah, well done. Boom! Yeah, there we go. The, the first one of 2022 is won by Jerry, and we've got a boom. So that, that's that's good to hear. Unlucky you. <laughs> I was going to say Madison, Dan. That was my other option. Yeah, he was on the bench. I'll quickly run through it then. So, Michael, Castagna, Johnny Evans, Fafana, Soyuncu, Luke Thomas, uh, Indeedy and Tielemans. You didn't say Indeedy. Uh, Perez, Ianacho, Vardy. And then on the bench for Leicester, Danny Ward, Wes Morgan, Marco Brighton, Ricardo Pereira, Dan Amati, Hamza Chowdhury, James Madison, Papi Mendy, and Dennis Pratt. 
Uh, and then for Chelsea, it was Kepa in goal. Uh, Rhys James, Thiago Silva, Rudiger, Asper Quetta, Alonso, Jorginho, Kante. I don't think anybody said Kante. Mm -hmm. uh, Mason Mount, uh, Hakim Ziyech and Kai Havertz. And then on the bench, there was Mendy, Chilwell, Zuma, Emerson, Gilmore, Hudson-Odoi, Pulisic uh, and Olivier Giroud as well. Oh. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> All up here, down. Well done, Jerry. Well played, Tags. Well played. Thank yeah. you. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure. Then the first win of 2022 for Jerry Taggart. Thanks to Tony, oh. to you, and to Jerry for your uh, for your company today. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Hey guys. See you soon. <laughs>